Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Okay, thank you so much, uh, worship team and our young adult worship team. <clears throat> what a blessing that is. Okay, I'm going to focus. I've got a message for you today that I really think uh, is, is something that uh, we're going to dig deep into a topic, dig deep into a word here today that the Lord gave me for this Shabbat. And, uh, and I want to talk about it, but we're going to, we're going to look at it and we're going to look at a few scriptures that are somewhat familiar uh, on a little bit of a different basis and a, and a little bit deeper here. Uh, and we're going to see some patterns that God established that uh, make themselves come even more clear in other areas later. It, it'll hopefully make sense, but you'll need to follow me here on this. I want to talk today about Nechama, okay? I want to talk about Nechama. Nechama is what? Comfort in Hebrew. It is comfort. I want to talk today about comfort. 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 It's an interesting word. Uh, a very interesting word. Matthew chapter 5. Of course, you're familiar with uh, the Beatitudes, etc. cetera, uh, spoken on the sermon. Allison was with me on this mountain uh, just a couple months ago. And it's a special place for sure where these words were spoken by our Moshiach, by our Messiah. Now, when we talk about providing comfort comfort, the thing that most quickly comes to mind is when people have lost loved ones. And that's valid and true. That's very understandable. And that's right. That's definitely part of it. Comfort, comfort. What does Messiah say in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4? He says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What a beautiful sentiment for anybody who's lost a loved one. The Lord is, seeks to comfort us as we mourn. Uh, Isaiah chapter 61 prophets, prophetically talks about the Messiah comforting those who mourn. And how beautiful that is uh, and, is, and is just so needed. I know that many of you have mourned at one time or another for a loved one. We had our, uh, our Yitzker service today. And, uh, and, and so uh, how, how beautiful that is uh, when we mourn for a, a loved one. Uh, I know that's honoring to them and their memory. But the Lord also loves us and comforts us. It's hard sometimes even to, to know and to feel it. But man, over time, you, you sense the love and the comfort of the Lord. 
very valid without question. And we all should seek to comfort those who mourn. We have a number of widows and widowers here at Beth Hillel. And you should seek to comfort them for sure. This is part of what we're called to do. Widows and the orphans, man, come on. It's pure religion. It's, it's, it's so beautiful to, to, to bless and to minister, just to encourage, to love up on uh, in whatever form or fashion. And this is something that we need to do. Comfort, comfort. But also the word comfort means more than just this and has more applications than this. Uh, because that certainly is a valid and important time to comfort. But I want to dig a little bit deeper into the word, the word comfort, because it says that we're to comfort, right? Okay, but what exactly does comfort mean? What, what does it mean to comfort? Okay, if I say, how would you define to comfort? I'd like for you, I have my trusty Bethlehem pen that has written for 40 years. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just pulled this from the bin in the back. <laughs> uh, what, what, are, what are some words that come to mind when I say, uh, what does it mean to comfort? Anybody? Spending time. Spending time. I like that. Spending time. I'm going to write that down. What else? Soothe. Ooh, that's a good word. Uh-huh. Hugging. Wow, that's great. I love it. Console, okay? Support, yeah. Listen, those are, those are great words. I love those words. And, and there are others. Those are really good ones. Those are examples of what it means to comfort, to comfort. I, I, I like, in many ways, your definitions as good as the dictionary. Webster's dictionary defines comfort as to give strength and hope to to cheer, to console. Very interesting. And that's, of course, as a verb. When you comfort someone, it's as a verb. You're doing an action to someone. You're comforting them, right? But also, the word comfort can be used as a noun, right? As, as if one experiences comfort. I'm experiencing comfort. And the definition of comfort as a noun is a feeling of relief or encouragement and a satisfying or enjoyable experience, a strengthening aid, a strengthening aid. Ooh, I like that. I like that. It's interesting. I want for us to think about all these definitions some of those that you shared and the ones from the dictionary as well. I want for us to think about these definitions as we look at their implications in our own lives, both as givers and receivers of comfort. Because friends, I hope you all understand that we're all called to be both givers of comfort and receivers of comfort. Both. And so I want for us to dig a little bit into this. Isaiah, please. Yeshiahu chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Let's dig a little bit deep into this concept and this word. Uh, of course, as you know, uh, Tisha B'Av Tisha was this past week. 
And uh, it was actually, technically, the ninth of Av was the last Shabbat, but whenever it falls on Shabbat, it's delayed by a day, so it was, it was commemorated on Sunday. Uh, and the Shabbat after Tisha B'Av is known as Shabbat Nachamu, okay? And as you know, Tisha B'Av, Tisha B'Av, Tisha B'Av, the, the ninth of Av is the date on the Hebrew calendar where horrific things happen to the Jewish people. That was this last weekend, okay? Horrific things happened on that exact same date on the Hebrew calendar, including the two great catastrophes, the destruction of the first temple and the destruction of the second temple. Both happened on the same day on the Hebrew calendar, in addition to many other horrific things that happened to the Jewish people on that same day. And so, if you will, and people fast and they pray. Okay, so, so if you will, last weekend was this Tesha B'Av, okay, the ninth of Av, the, this time of truly a, a, a time of kind of mourning, a time of, uh, of, of sadness, uh, lamentations is read. It's, it's, it, it's a difficult time as we reflect, by the way, Think about how this all relates, right? Because that's for our people, but each of us sometimes has difficult times. Each of us has, in our own way, in our own lives, to some extent or another, bad times. Our own little catastrophes that happen in our lives, obviously not to the extent of the destruction of the temple, but for on, on our individual level. We all have things that happen in our lives that are hard or difficult at times. But then there is Shabbat Nachamu. Shabbat Nachamu. Now this comes to us from Isaiah chapter 40, where it says, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami. Comfort, comfort my people says your God. Speak kindly to the heart of Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, for she has received from Adonai's hand double for all her sins. Wow. It's intense. God says, in fact... He doesn't say it once. He says it twice. Nachamu. Nachamu, Ami. Comfort. Comfort my people. It's a command. It's an edict to comfort the Jewish people. Why? Why there? Why in Isaiah chapter 40? <laughs> because the first 39 chapters of Isaiah more or less spelled out Israel's wickedness and the discipline that God placed her under. And it was austere, friends. It was austere discipline out of Israel's wickedness. And so she was receiving, our people were receiving, it was just, it's just chapter after chapter of, of chastisement and, and, and difficulty and, and discipline, hard times that were gonna come upon us. Pro prophetically difficult seasons that would come upon our people. But then, after all of this, 
after all of this, after the 39 chapters, God then says, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, comfort, comfort my people. She's received double for all her sins. Wow. You know, a cursory look at the history of the world and the history of the Jewish people, this passage strikes me as true. She's received double. I mean, all that the Jewish people have gone through throughout history, all the difficulty, all the, the service, the pain, the torment, the torture, the punishment, the, he says, comfort them because they've received double for all their sins. And so therefore, after all that they've been through, I mean, and if it says double, that means even disproportionately. From, a, from an earthly perspective, you might, even, you might even think unfairly compared to others. But after all of this, is, does God just leave us there and abandon us? No, not at all. Quite exactly oppositely. He wants for people to comfort his people. He wants for people to comfort the Jewish people, and importantly, to comfort them after he has disciplined them. There's so many implications to this. I want for us to think about this because there are some real relations to our lives and very, very deep spiritual biblical principles that are not topical that I want for us to, to really sink our teeth into. Let's talk about first and most obviously regarding this. First and most obviously, this means that people, and primarily non-Jewish people, are commanded to provide comfort for the Jewish people. Provide comfort for the Jewish people. This is a command. Friends, there should be a very special place in every Christian's heart to love the Jewish people. According to, if, if, you, if you're a follower of God's word, if you believe in this book, if you're a follower of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, my gosh, how can you read Isaiah 40 any differently? There should be an unexplainable, disproportionate compassion and love for the Jewish people from every Christian in the world to do what? To comfort, to give strength to, to give hope to, to spend time with, to soothe, to hug, to console, to support, using your words, to comfort. Very powerful. To provide that strengthening aid. For so long, my friends, those in the church did exactly the opposite. Precisely the opposite. They said that what? They say, they said that the Jews were God's people, but that the Old Testament is now disconnected with the new, and that God was more or less starting a new faith. That God had replaced the Jews with the church. This virulent anti-Semitism, that's calling it exactly what it is. 
virulent anti-Semitism is sadly still in the church today, parts of it. And it's not only contrary to the entirety of Scripture, but specifically, it fails to follow the explicit command to provide comfort to the Jewish people. Isaiah 40, Nachamu Ami, comfort ye my people. And why is this of such significance? Oh man, here's the interesting thing and the, oh, we're about to go deep here relating Isaiah 40 to Romans 11. You can turn to Romans 11. You know Romans 11 and Messianic Judaism, but wow, I got a new something the Lord revealed to me about the connection to Isaiah chapter 40 and why when the, when the historic church, thank God it's not everybody, and in these days that we're in, more and more churches are becoming interested and open to the roots of the faith and the Jewishness of the, of the scriptures, both Old and New Covenant, and, and the totality of it. But why... It struck me that when, when the historic church attempted to disconnect the old and new covenants like this, to sever the relationship and not to come for the Jewish people and to essentially condemn and say almost like God had a, had a do-over again or something, then they don't realize they're condemning themselves Rabbi Shaul, because it's a principle here that God is giving us in Isaiah 40. There's a principle going on here. Rabbi Shaul speaks of the olive tree, right? You know the scripture if you're part of Bethel. We read it every new members class, at least once during the new members class. Rabbi Shaul speaks of the believing community as being an olive tree. That's, that's how he illustrates the believing committee is represented by an olive tree with Jewish people being the natural olive branches and Gentile believers being the wild olive branches, okay? And what does he specifically tell Gentile followers of Yeshua? Let's read in Romans 11 verse 17. The whole chapter is amazing. We're going to read in verse 17, specifically spoken, Rabbi Shaul, to Gentiles, to Gentile believers, verse 17. He says this, but if some of the branches were broken off, meaning the Jewish branches, and you, Gentiles, being a wild olive, were grafted in among them and became a partaker of the root of the olive tree with its richness, do not boast against the branches, but if you do boast, it is not you who support the root, but the root supports you. You will then say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. True enough. They were broken off because of unbelief, and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Notice the kindness and severity of God, severity toward those who fell, but God's kindness toward you if you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue in their unbelief, 
will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut out of that which by nature was a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated tree, how much more will these natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? Wow, this is a critical passage regarding Messianic Judaism in general. I'm referring to it today to make a different point as it relates specifically to comfort. I had not seen this before. Do you see the parallels between Romans 11 and the book of Isaiah, chapter 40? The Isaiah chapter, really with the whole book of Isaiah. Because what? The first 39 chapters of Isaiah were of God's discipline of the Jewish people. The last half of Isaiah, chapter 40 and beyond, is of God's restoration of the Jewish people. It's not just chapter 40. It's chapter 40 and thereforward. That's of God's restoration of the Jewish people. Here in Romans 11, Paul is speaking to and is teaching Gentile believers. And in many ways, it strikes me, he's effectively teaching them Isaiah. Yes, You were lost, but now you're found. But don't boast over the Jewish people who fell. Don't think that you are all of that and have replaced the chosen people. No, you don't support the root. The root supports you. And remember this, God not only can, but he desires, he desires to restore the Jewish people. He desires to restore the Jewish people. In fact, verse 15 of Romans 11 even says that Jewish people's acceptance of Moshiach, Messiah, will be, quote, life from the dead. Life from the dead. When Jewish people come to the, to the knowledge of their Messiah, what's the point? The point here is that God was charging Gentile believers to, wait for it, to comfort the Jewish people. To comfort the Jewish people. Which is deep in and of itself. But there's an even deeper principle here involved Because here were people who turned their backs on God, the Jewish people. They were not following him, and they suffered the consequences. But what should our reactions be to such a people who do this? Honestly, we oftentimes see this in our own time. Let's bring this home to 2022. Let's bring this home to our own lives and people that we know and that we see and that we interact with. Let's talk about people who, that we know or see who are not serving God. People that we know who are not serving God in the way that we know and, and believe All too often, what do you see? You see believers condemn them. You see believers just point the finger as if they've never done anything wrong. 
they point a finger with almost like a, it's, it's, instead of love, it's almost hate toward those who don't serve God. They treat them oftentimes with disdain, revulsion. It's funny because last I checked, we are all sinners saved by grace. Somebody say amen. amen. We are all sinners saved by grace. Grace means what? We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it either. Because when we as believers do this, when we condemn those who are not following God in such harsh terms, we are effectively doing what God warned Gentile Christians not to do to the Jewish people. We're essentially doing that if we do this. Are you following me? Boasting over them. No, on the contrary, friends, our attitude should be that which we find in Shabbat Nachamu. Our attitude toward them should be what we read about in Isaiah 40. Yes, the Jewish people, but more than this, I'm talking about to people who don't know God in general. Our attitude should be to seek to comfort them. Why? Because they don't have God. They need God. They need the Lord in their lives. They've gone through pain. They've gone through difficulty. We should seek to comfort them, to give hope to, to console, to have compassion on them, to spend time, to soothe, to hug them, to console, to support And friends, by extension, this also applies to believers who've made mistakes as well. Why? Because let's face it, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But we need to comfort them. We need to love on them and help them. Friends, this doesn't mean, and don't misinterpret and don't try to, uh, try to imply, like that, that means that you should not have any standards or not pay attention when there's sin or turn a blind eye to sin. This is, not, this is not what I'm talking about at all. Sin is sin. You don't play around with it. You don't uh, you know, say it's, a, it's a, a syndrome or something. Sin is sin. It's bad. It separates you from God. But, but this is the whole point why people need love so they can turn from their sin. You with me? You with me? That's why we, they need the love. They need the reaching out and that comfort, if you will, to comfort them, to give strength, to, to provide comforting aid, to provide comforting aid, because that's what's going to be different about us. That's what's going to make them turn around and, and look and, and see and say, hold on, in, in my distress, who are the people who cared? Oh, wow, it's the people who serve Messiah, Yeshua. Those are the people who cared. There's something to that. And there is. And there is. And that goes to believers as well. You know, it's interesting. I remember many years ago, there used to be this believing song by Chuck Gerard. I used to love that. Just the title said it all. It was... Don't shoot the wounded. Someday you might be one. <laughs> and it's so true. It's all too often believers shoot their wounded. 
Isaiah 51, please. Isaiah 51. No, let's comfort one another. Boy, what does God do? Isaiah 51, verse 3. Remember, this is later in Isaiah, so you know it's going to be good stuff here, by and large. It says, for Adonai will comfort Zion, verse 3. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of Adonai. Wow. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and a sound of melody. What a contrast. What a contrast to mourning. It says that God will comfort in that verse, in that one single verse, he says twice he will comfort Israel. He will comfort Zion. He will comfort her. And and how much, to what extent, that, that, that she'll be like the garden of Adonai. Joy, gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving, a sound of melody. Remember that this is a people, Israel, that knew God but had turned away from him. They had known God and they willingly turned away from God. Yet God says that he will comfort Zion to the extent that she will have joy, gladness, thanksgiving, and a sound of melody. Wow. Wow, do do you get that? Do you feel that? This is a gift of God who was the victim. (laughs) The victim of what? The victim of Israel's betrayal. Although God had blessed Israel and the Jewish people so much, Israel had nonetheless turned her back on God, had betrayed God. And how does God respond? Yes, with discipline. But yet, after the discipline, with ridiculous, overwhelming gifts of comfort. God was wronged, yet he comforts Israel with good things. Think about that. Everybody says they want to be more like God. I get that intellectually. If I said, who here wants to be more like Messiah? Who here wants to be more like God? Hey, yeah, we all want to be more like God. Yeah, sure, absolutely. It's a no-brainer question, right? It's, a, it's ridiculous. Who here wants to be? Everybody, yeah, sure. I mean, what are you going to do? Even the peer pressure is be like, oh, yeah, okay, I don't know, whatever. I don't even know what that, sure. Uh, everybody wants to be more like God. I get this intellectually, but on a practical level, here is God who was greatly hurt by Israel, not only forgiving her, Dainu, that's enough, but even more so comforting her with joy and gladness. Beloved, we need to be agents of comfort. We need to be agents of comfort. How much even more so to comfort those whom we love and are a part of the body of faith? Even more so, we should comfort those, gosh, who, who are, mish, are mishpacha. Philemon, please. Philemon, verse 6. There's one chapter. Philemon 1, verse 6. Philemon, the book of Philemon. Listen to, listen to what Rabbi Shaul, Shaul is saying here. Verse 6. May the fellowship of your faith become effective with the recognition of all the good that is ours in Messiah. For I've received much joy and comfort in your love, brother, because the hearts of the Kedushim, the holy ones, have been refreshed through you. 
Rabbi Shaul was comforted by the love of Philemon and the believing community. He was comforted by the love of you. I don't mean literally you with, with, with Paul himself. I'm saying that one member of the body of Messiah was greatly comforted by a love from other members of the body of Messiah. It provided great comfort. That's, that's the illustration we're getting in Philemon chapter one right here. Why? They reached out to and they helped Paul. What did they do? Take a look. I mean, if you read the, what all the believing community did, they did how you define comfort. They spent time with him. They soothed him. They consoled him. They supported him. They probably hugged him. <laughs> you, you see, isn't that so interesting? Will you do the same? Will you do the same to provide comfort? For your fellow mishpacha. At the same time, we need to look at our own lives and seek to determine where it is that we receive our comfort from. Remember I said there are two elements to this, right, Josh? One is giving comfort, but the other, all of us also should receive comfort, so one of the questions is, where are you receiving your comfort from? Think about it for a minute. I mean, even, even in popular society today, the word is used in this kind of context. When people are down or depressed, what do people frequently seek? Comfort food. <laughs> right? Where do you receive your comfort from, right? Oh, man, I know. I Listen, I've been there. I've been, I'm not content. I'm just saying, you know, right? The, com the comfort food. You know, sometimes you just, you're down or you're, you're just feeling crummy or something. And, and, you know, you just want some comfort food, right? <laughs> not necessarily bad on a simple level. But other people, when, when they like to take the edge off, what will they drink? Southern comfort. <laughs> kids, pay no attention. It's a, it's a type of Southern whiskey. Don't, don't, don't go there, kids. <laughs> Even when you're looking for a place to stay, you might choose the Comfort Inn. <laughs> and let's face it, we all like being comfortable. Everybody likes being comfortable, right? But you see, here is where we delineate a difference between carnal and spiritual things. Some of the carnal comforts are fine. Some of the carnal comforts are bad. I, I should say carnal comforts, or maybe they're not okay. Some of the physical comforts are okay. But some of the physical comforts are very, very bad and, and can lead to a very bad path, right? Okay, but that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the spiritual thing, Psalm 23. Psalm 23, very interesting here. I want you to pick up on something that is very deep, very deep. The 23rd Psalm, you all know the 23rd Psalm. Half of you, half of you watching and online and listening via podcast, know it by heart. The 23rd Psalm. It's very powerful. A lot of you know it. And what does it say in verse four? It says this, 
King David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, right? They comfort me. They comfort me. They comfort me. Now, it's interesting. What is it that comforts David even in the hard, in the hardest times? Friends, it's not chocolate cake. <laughs> he didn't say, your chocolate cake, it comforts me. <laughs> I love chocolate cake, y'all. Don't get me wrong. That's, okay, I, gotta, I got more amens on that than almost anything in the message. What's up with that? <laughs> okay, it's not chocolate cake that comforted David or Manasseh moonshine. No, that's not what comforted David. But King David says what? That God's rod and staff comforted him. Now, this is so interesting. Why? I'm, I'm, I want to show you something as an illustration here. Okay, because I have, I just went off camera for a minute, surprised David in the uh, control room. Okay, I have right here a rod and a staff, okay? And this may not be exactly the model that, was, that, that King David used, but this is the principle of it. Now, it's interesting because King David said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, let's think about this for just a minute and talk about it, because it's very interesting. Why? Because the rod was typically used by the shepherd to ward off predators. Trust me. There's a little label on here. It's a warning. Don't hit in somebody's head with this. It's funny. It actually says it's on the label. Don't, don't anybody. Why? You crack their skull with this thing. This thing is hard as a rock. It's the rod. Okay? And, 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 they, would, and they would carry this around, you know, and if need be, you know, they'd take care of business to defend the sheep against the wolf or against the lion, against the bear, against the coyote, whatever it is that tried to, to attack. Okay, and, and, and listen, to ward off the predators, you can understand this being comforting to David. Why? Because David was one of God's sheep. And so it, it would be a comfort to know if, if you're a sheep, that the shepherd's got one of these against the bad guys. That's comforting. Wow, I'm, I'm comforted by that. Your rod, and your, your rod comforts me. God, your rod comforts me. Why? Because I know what your rod, boom, you're, you're, you're going you're gonna to take out those, those wolves that are trying to get me. Oh, I, can, I totally get this being a comfort to King David. But what about the staff? What about the staff? You see, no, this is something different. The staff is used to periodically correct the sheep as to where they're going. Oh, no, 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 no. Too close to the cliff. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Nope, not that way. Huh? You're not going to use a rod for that. You, you're taking care of your sheep. But you are going to use a staff, and then sometimes, hey, no, no, no. Stop messing with that other sheep right there. The staff also, right? How interesting. 
But people oftentimes don't like that correction. People don't like to be corrected. But David understood. David understood that God was oftentimes just trying to keep him away from the cliffs. Keep him in the pack. Keep him clear of predators. Keep him heading toward food and nourishment. So sometimes David needed correcting from the staff of God. And this too provided David comfort. Think about this in your own life, my friends. Do you seek godly correction? Or do you resist it? Do you seek comfort from God in all its forms? Where are you seeking your comfort from? Oh, your comfort needs to be from the Lord. Sometimes he's just warding off the bad guys for you. Rejoice when he does that. Rejoice when he does that. But rejoice when he corrects you too. And finally, my friends, I think that there are probably some of you who really need comforting. God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, or we read in the scriptures that God is the God of all comfort. The God of all comfort. He comforts us so that we can comfort other people. He is the God of all comfort. Some of you, my friends, have been hurt. Isaiah chapter 66. Some of you have been hurt. Some of you have been bruised. Some of you have gone through it and maybe are still going through it. If that's you, know that the God of creation wishes to comfort you. Why would God care about me? He's not interested in me. You don't understand what I've gone through. You don't understand what I've done. He does. And he cares. And he still wants to comfort you. I know what you've done. He knew what Israel had done. In John 14, Yeshua says that God sends us the comforter and the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, to help us, to advocate for us, to give us strength, to give you hope. One of the most beautiful passages I think that we read about in Scripture from Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13. Hear what God says and what God says to you today. As one 
whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, so you will be comforted in Jerusalem. It's one of the most intimate and beautiful things you read in the scripture. That's how God wants to comfort you. Like a child who receives comfort from his mother. Let's face it, when you fell and you skinned your knee as a kid, there was no one like mom who could tell you, it's going to be okay, honey. It's going to be okay. Maybe you've skinned your knee. Maybe you've done something wrong. Maybe you've been hurt by another. Maybe you feel alone. Know this, beloved. It's God's desire to support, to strengthen you, to spend time with you, to soothe you, to console you, to give you hope, to hug you. Know this, you are not alone. God will never leave you nor forsake you. He cares for you more than any other. And when the hard times come, he's there for you. Title of my message is Comfort. Let's bow our heads. Mm. Thank you, Lord. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you've never committed your life to God, but you want to today, wherever you are here, lift your hand and we'll pray together. If you've never said a prayer to say, yes, I'm going to follow God and receive Yeshua as your Messiah, raise your hand. We'll pray together. Is there anyone who'd like to do that today and never has? Maybe you're watching online or listening via the podcast, and if that's you, just say this simple prayer after me. Say, Dear God, I accept Yeshua as my Messiah. I believe He's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me for my sins. God, I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for having compassion upon me and for comforting me even if I don't deserve it, in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, if you're here in person, please see me after the service. Just want to celebrate with you. If you're watching online or via the podcast, please send us an email, and we just want to celebrate with you. Also, Lord, I want to pray for each person who's here today and who is watching. God, I know, I know, I know there are people who need to be comforted in many different ways. Some to be comforted from literally the loss of a loved one. Boy, I think just, just this week, uh, the Messianic movement lost one of the greats in Mark Dion, truly one of the greats of, of our movement. A lot of people are mourning. 
It could might be of someone physically. We've had a number of our mishpacha who've gone to heaven even this year. The Lord wants to comfort you. It may be that you've made mistakes in your past and, and, and you feel less than, you feel like a failure, you feel like unworthy. God wants to comfort you. Maybe you've been hurt by somebody else. Maybe you've been rejected. Maybe you've been treated unfairly. Maybe you've been minimized. Maybe you've been hurt, had anger put towards you, or made to feel less than. God wants to comfort you. He wants you to know how much he loves you. He wants to soothe you, console you, support you, spend time with you, hug you, give you strength, to cheer you, to give you hope. Whatever it is, Lord, and Lord, also let us do these things for others. If that's not us right now, then Lord, let us be actively seeking to do those things for other people. Put it within our hearts, Lord, to be more like you. This is what you do. This is what we should do. Oh, Lord, God, I pray for those who are going through this, Lord, who are, who are in need of your comfort and have, in need of our comfort. Lord, let us comfort them. And Lord, please, you comfort them. I know you will. Let them feel your comfort. Let them even take this message today as a sign of your love for them, as a sign of your desire to, to strengthen them, to soothe them, to console them. Let them take this as a, as a hug from you today. Thank you, Lord, deep. And Lord, let us, if we want to be more like Yeshua, Lord, let us more fervently seek to comfort other people. Nachamu, nachamu ami. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. Thank you, Lord, for this. We love you with all of our hearts. What a delight it is to be in your house. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.